The Old Testament reading is from Isaiah chapter 50, starting at verse 4. Lord God has given me the tongue of those who are taught, that I may know how to sustain with a word him who is weary. Morning by morning he awakens. He awakens my ear to hear those who are taught. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious. I turned not backward. I gave my back to those who strike, and my cheeks to those who pull out the beard. I hid not my face from disgrace and spitting. But the Lord God helps me. Therefore, I have not been disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like a flint, and I know that I shall not be put to shame. He who vindicates me is near. Who, contend, who will contend with me? Let, him stand together, let, let us stand together. Who is my adversary? Let him come near to me. Behold, the Lord God helps me. Who will declare me guilty? Behold, all of them who wear, will wear out like a garment, the moth will eat them up. Who among you fears the Lord and obeys the voice of his servant? Let him walk in darkness and has no light. <clears throat> Trust in the name of the Lord and rely on his God. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle is from James uh, chapter 3, starting in verse 1. Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that he, we who teach will be judged with greater strictness, for we all stumble in many ways, and if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able to bridle his whole body. If we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships also, though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a, a small member, yet boasts of great things. How great is a forest to, is set ablaze by such a small fire, and the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening, both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives, or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can salt pine yield fresh water. This is the word of the Lord.
Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the ninth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. When they came to the disciples, they saw a great crowd around them and scribes arguing with them. And immediately all the crowd, when they saw him, were greatly amazed and ran up to Jesus and greeted him. And he asked them, What are you arguing about with them? And someone from the crowd answered him, Teacher, I brought my son to you, for he has a spirit that makes him mute. And whenever it seizes him, it throws him down, and he foams and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast it out, and they were not able. And he answered them, O faithless generation, how long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him to me. And they brought the boy to him. And when the spirit saw him, immediately it convulsed the boy. And he fell on the ground and rolled about, foaming at the mouth. And Jesus asked his father, How long has this been happening to him? And he said, From childhood. And it has often cast him into fire and into water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, If you can, all things are possible for one who believes. And immediately the father of the child cried out and said, I believe, help my unbelief. And when Jesus saw that the crowd had come running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, You mute and deaf spirit, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. And after crying out and convulsing him terribly, it came out, and the boy was like a corpse, so that most of them said, He is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. And when he had entered the house, his disciples asked him privately, Why could we not cast it out? And he said to them, This kind cannot be driven out by anything but prayer. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you this day from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. As we come together today, the day after our remembrance of 9-11 as a nation, what a solemn day it was, a day of recalling for many of us where we were that day, when we heard the news, and how we responded, how our nation responded. And in that time, we might have remembered, I remember as a young pastor, my second year out of seminary up in North Georgia, and us coming together for worship several times that week after 9-11, having a time of prayer. And the church was packed. There wasn't an empty seat. People that I hadn't met in my year and a half or so of ministry showed up, and I was finally able to meet them. It was because there was such a need for comfort and peace in the midst of this calamity that had happened. And many times, calamities in the world, in our lives, uh, cause people to come closer to God, to draw closer to him, 
to look for the eternal answers to their never-ending questions. And so that brought to mind to me this day, have you ever noticed how struggles in our lives can bring faith into view? That struggles in our own lives can bring our faith into view. When everything is going well, our faith kind of runs on autopilot, it seems. Church and prayer are certainly a part of the routine. And because things are going well, we fail to even notice. We simply do what we normally do. But when things start to fall apart, faith comes into view. Like shining a flashlight into a dark room, troubles can illumine our faith. They bring it into view, into our vision. Normally, this experience can be rather painful, but God brings something positive out of it. A man named Anthony, who had stopped going to church, suddenly comes again. And why? Because his daughter left home without leaving a forwarding address. Kathy, whose prayer life increased dramatically. Why? because the doctor had found a spot on her lung. Troubles, you see, like a flashlight, illumine our faith. And sometimes this is a good thing as we see faith revive. But also, troubles and struggles can also show us a darker picture. Instead of faith getting stronger, it weakens. When trouble comes and illumines the darkness, we find our faith over there, huddled in a corner, shrinking and dying. Yes, many people come back to church during a family dispute, but just as many have walked farther away. Yes, illness has caused some to pick up their Bible, but it's led others to look for help elsewhere. You see, troubles can reveal faith. And when experience is not always positive, instead of a strong and vibrant return to Christianity, we see a deeper questioning of God and a growing reluctance to believe in anything at all. Faith wavers. Questions are made in prayer and are filled with anger. Hope is like a dreamlike fantasy from which people are starting to awaken. Today, our gospel reading from Mark helps us to see and to name these situations. He causes us and calls upon us to stop pretending that faith is always going to get stronger and to recognize that sometimes it gets weaker. Mark wants us to come to face to face with this ugly reality so that he can bring us face to face with Jesus, our beautiful Savior. The beauty of our gospel reading today that you heard is how it reveals Jesus as the one who comes not only for the strong in faith, but also for those who are weak and walking away. Consider that story as it was told in our gospel today. Consider that moment that the Father stands before Jesus. At first, when the disciples arrived there, the hearts of that father was filled with hope. He brought his child to the disciples for healing. They had cast out spirits, and his son has a spirit. 
yet they were unable to do anything. And then his heart was filled with frustration as the religious leaders around them started to argue. All while his son was suffering, and all they wanted to do was argue about religion. And so, as we consider that, as we remember that today, we know that God does work in our hearts. He does help us. And so, uh, this morning, as Jesus comes into this whole picture, this father, his heart is nearly empty of faith. He doesn't quite know what's going on. He doesn't quite understand why these people can't do what is necessary, what is helpful, what is good. And so they bring his child finally before Jesus and the Spirit as if to demonstrate its power, throws that child to the ground, right? Throws that child to the ground. And it's foaming at the mouth. The sun is rolling about, not doing well at all. And this son, who had been tormented by this evil spirit, sometimes that spirit had thrown that son into the water to drown him. At other times, it had driven him into the fire to burn him. Always, that demon-possessed spirit sought to kill him. And this spirit had taken the joy of childhood and replaced it with suffering. The joy of fatherhood was replaced with fear, and the power of faith had made it seem foolish. And so the father reaches deep down into his heart, and brings out his very last plea. He's out of everything. He says to Jesus, If you are able, have compassion on us and help us. Suddenly, Jesus is troubled by something more than that evil spirit and the child rolling on the ground. Jesus is troubled by a father who's falling away from the faith. So before Jesus will do anything for the son, Jesus speaks tough love to this father. Remember, if you can, the father had asked of Jesus. Jesus says he wants the father to acknowledge his doubt. Jesus brings the, this father face to face with his faith, which is failing so that he can stand face to face before his Savior who succeeds. The beauty of the grace in this text is how Jesus holds on to people who are letting go. The Father believes, but yet he does not believe. He tries, but he's given up trying. He holds on, but he also lets go. And so he confesses to Jesus, I believe. Help my unbelief. And with those words, this Father brings all our weakness and our stumbling, all of our doubting and grumbling, our reticence and our running, and sets it right there in front of Jesus. 
And Jesus, when face to face with our ugliness, brings us face to face with his beautiful grace. You see, Jesus is that Savior who has come to save. A bruised reed, we are told, he will not break. A smoldering wick, he will not snuff out. A weak faith, he will not deny. Jesus, you see, has come to die for all people. Those who are strong in their faith and those who are weak in their faith. And even those who have no faith at all. When Jesus dies on the cross, he dies for the sin of unbelief so that when he rises, he brings forgiveness to all. There's magnificence in this text before us as it reveals things about our Lord Jesus because Jesus holds on to people even as they are letting go. Faith, you see, is a relationship with the one who is strong enough to save us. It's not about how tightly we hold on, but how tightly Jesus holds on to us. And so Jesus tells his disciples that all the Father had given him, he will save, and that no one will be able to snatch them out of his hand. So you and I, I don't know the struggles that many of you are going through day by day. I know that there are many struggles in these days of COVID, in these days of distancing and staying far apart from one another. But yet, God is one who has a strong grip on us. He will not let us go. He will not disappoint. We have a God who loves and cares for us. No matter how separated we may seem from one another, no matter how separated we may seem from him, he still clings to us. And you know, if you have God's grip on your life, who's going to snatch that out? You know, we are told at the end of chapter 8 in the book of Romans that there's nothing in all of creation that can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing, not angels, nor demons, nor heights, nor depths. You see, nothing. And when the, the apostle writes nothing, he means nothing. Nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ. So whether our faith is strong or it's weak this morning, whether we are tired or full of zeal, whether we are weary and in need of rest, or full of energy like the Easter Bunny, may you and I rely on a God who has his hand on us, who loves us, and who understands where we are, each one of us. He knows when our grip on him is, is lessening, but his strong grip never wavers. May you and I trust in a God whose strong arm is on us. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which passes all human understanding, guide our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.